Welcome to Coffee Powered Systems, equipping women with actionable steps to overcome overwhelm and streamline business and life. So grab your favorite drink and come hang out with me. I'm your host, Miranda Merton. Hey friend, welcome back to another Coffee Powered Systems interview. Today you'll hear me chat with Jessica Freeman, an Atlanta-based award-winning web designer. If there's one thing that we all need to continually manage and keep up, it is our website. It's basically our digital business card in our portfolio. So we wanna make sure it's optimized for your current season of business. And Jess Freeman takes us through a lot of tips and mistakes of website design. We cover so much. This one is actually a little bit more lengthy than uh, the normal CPS episode, and you'll hear that as we go through, because we had so much to cover. Uh, We went over elements of your homepage and your about page, key tips for speeding up your website, ranking with SEO, so many things. Like, go ahead and grab a pen and paper for this one, You're gonna wanna come back and revisit this one when it's time to revisit these aspects of your website. And a little bit more about Jessica before we dive into the episode. Jessica is a web designer that helps nutrition and fitness business owners build authority and get more clients. When she's not working with clients, you can find her teaching inside her Better Collective community. Jess also runs her own YouTube channel and her podcast, the Work Your Wellness Biz Podcast. I'll drop all those links down for you so you can connect with Jessica after the episode. But for now, go ahead and tune in and listen as I chat with Jess about optimizing your website. Welcome back to Coffee Powered Systems. I'm your host, Miranda, and I am joined by web designer Jessica Freeman of Jess Creatives. Jess, welcome to the show. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I am so excited to have you here and talk about uh, optimizing your website and having the right content. But before we dive in, I would love for you to share, um, and you can choose either one, either a book you've been reading lately that you have been loving, or if you watch TV, maybe something that you are watching lately that you'd love to share. Um, So I will share what I'm watching, but it's probably not very interesting because it's The Office, (laughs) which is my all-time favorite show. So (laughs) it's not at all new or exciting, but I think my husband and I watch it like once or twice a year. (laughs) Really? Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, Yeah, that's one of those shows that it's like you can go back to all the time. I think we all have those shows that we're just like, I'm going to pick this up and watch it again. This is like my comfort TV show. (laughs) Mm, I love that. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So web designing, I have always been fascinated with how web designers, you know, become web designers. So for you, were you in a corporate position or did you kind of slowly work your way into web design? So I went to college for graphic design and learned a little bit of web design, but but not a lot. Um, and then started in corporate after college and was working as a designer. And it was like my second or third job that they started kind of um, having me do some web design projects. And so that's when I started to to get into that. And then shortly after that, I started actually doing it for my business because I was running just creatives basically in college and then ever since college um, 
I was doing, I've been doing just creatives. It was just on the side for a while. And then about a year before I actually took my business full time, that's when I started doing web design and was like, okay, like we'll try this. And I, I could see that more and more people were wanting websites and asking me for websites. And I was like, okay, so I think, I think this is what I should do. Um, I was a little intimidated, but I was like, I think this would be a good business move. And just in terms of like, oh, everyone needs a website. And I think, you know, obviously everyone still needs graphic design services too, but Mm -hmm. websites are a lot more prevalent. So so then I kind of made the dive and then within probably two years, I was just just doing websites and that was it. So, and that's what I've been doing the last like six or seven years. Oh, cool. I love how, you know, it's, that's always fun when you're just like, hmm, maybe I should do this. <laughs> maybe I should do this. Yeah. That's I feel like actually kind of cool. <laughs> I feel like that's how I do a lot of my, I mean, obviously it's a little more strategic than that, but I feel like sometimes in my mm-hmm. business journey, there's just been moments of like, maybe I should try this. Maybe I should try this. Yeah. And then I do. And then sometimes it doesn't work out. And sometimes it's like, that was really smart. Yay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love it when it works. Um, that I kind of actually, part of my story too, is like that where I was just like, hmm, I can do this. When people start asking you for more, more mm-hmm. and more stuff, that's kind of like, like, let me see if I can make this work. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> yes, <great>. exactly. <laughs> So as we all know that there's like a short amount of time to catch people's attention, right? So what are the best tips you have for utilizing that above the fold space? And for anybody that's listening that doesn't know that's the space when you land on the website before you start scrolling, um, what is the best things that we can have in that top area? Yeah. So my number one tip here is to always have a really clear headline and make it about what you do and who you help. Like, we don't want to land on your site. And it's like, hey, my name's Jessica. Like, this is not the information that people are looking for. I mean, yes, they'll want to know who you are and that kind of thing at some point. But Mm -hmm. in that three seconds, they are like, is this the web designer I'm looking for? Is this the VA I'm looking for? Am I on the right site? Because, you know, we've all been there. We're Googling, searching, And you're like, oh, is this what I'm looking for? And you land on a site and you're like, this is not at all what I was looking for. (laughs) Whether it's completely the wrong service or you're like, this just, they don't have the services it seems, or I'm just not like connecting with them. So a really, really clear headline, no jargon, no Mm -hmm. cutesy terms. Um, You can use that in other places around your website. I wouldn't go overboard with those things because- In general, your website should be really clear, but in that headline, super, super specific. I am a VA who offers whatever, you know, tech support. I am a copywriter who offers blog post writing or, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, Be super, super specific. And then I usually would also encourage either a picture of you next to this text because we like to work with people. (laughs) We want to, we like to work with people, not just logos and and brands. We like to work with actual humans. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you were like, oh man, like I, I really don't like my picture or maybe don't have any professional brand photos, use a stock image that is relevant to your services. Mm -hmm. So 
copywriters. You can put like, you know, a stock photo with laptops and pencils or um, something along those lines. Not just, I see a lot of people who make the mistake of like, oh, I found this really pretty, you know, stock photo on Unsplash and it's like a river and a forest. And I'm like, <laughs> unless you are like a hiking coach or running coach, like something like that, if it's not relevant to your services, we don't need like these nature outdoors photos. We want relevant to what you are offering. Um, Cause that again, just helps give context and helps you look more professional. Um, and so again, in that first three to five seconds that people are landing on their site, they see a clear headline, they see a picture that makes sense and not a river and trees. And they're like, mm -hmm. oh yes, this looks good. And then they keep scrolling and clicking. So. Um, and that applies to every page, really. Yeah. I mean, you don't need that same headline on every page, but a lot of times I see just, you know, on a services page, it'll just say services. <laughs> um, and I would, it doesn't have to be like a full headline, but it could be like copywriting and copy editing services, mm, yeah. uh, VA tech. So again, it just gives a little bit of context right? Um, and not just my services. Mm -hmm. A little more descriptive. Yeah. Cool. And uh, what about, um, should they have a call to action at that point or is it fine to have it below the fold where you keep scrolling a little bit? So I, there, there's not a hundred percent like one right way here. Um, I usually say like, if it's the homepage, mm -hmm. don't make it such a strong call to action where it's like, Hey, book a call with me because they don't even know who you are. <laughs> so like, they're not going to want to book a call. So in that sense, I might say like, check out my services or something like that. Even sometimes I know people love to put like their opt-in right there at the top. And they're like, right away, like grab my free guide. Again, they don't necessarily know who you are. Yeah. And so asking them for their email address, which we are all very protective of, is a big ask. You might be like, but it's free, but it's like, <laughs> but do they really want another newsletter? Probably not. <laughs> so yeah. they really want to make sure that they are connecting with you first before they're going to schedule a call or um, give you their email address. So you can put a call to action um, in that top like banner or headline on the homepage, but make it something that's a very easy ask, like just view my services. Now on your services page, you could at the top put like a, an apply to work with me or book a call or something. Yeah. Again, I sometimes caution against this because they haven't looked at your services yet. And so they may not have seen your prices, mm -hmm. looked at your packages or anything. I used to have a button at the top of my services page. Cause I was like, Oh, like Let's give them multiple buttons to click on of where they can, you know, fill out the form. But I found that I was getting more people that hadn't actually looked at all my services or hadn't looked at the packages. So they weren't yeah. a right fit in terms of budget or what they needed. So I took that off. And <laughs> once they had to, the button was down by the pricing and packages that helped kind of cut down on those not so good fit inquiries. Oh, that makes total sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and going back to what you said about the headlines, 
Like, I don't know if you've been on my site, but I have a service-based writers, whatever, but I also have a changing phrase, like where the word changes. Do you recommend those or no? Like I should drop that. So it's like, um, you know, better systems and then it changes and then it's like, whatever. Like the picture I doesn't think, change, but the word changes. Yeah, I think those are okay. I think because there's going to be a word or phrase there when someone lands. And so mm-hmm. it's not just totally blank <laughs> that they're yeah. like, where's this headline? <laughs> like what is happening? So I think they can be a little fun and it's a way to like kind of describe your services or who you are talking to or whatever. Cause I have a client who actually uses something similar where mm-hmm. um, she has a phrase in her headline that kind of rotates. Um, right. So yeah, I think those are okay. All right, cool. And what are the best ways to optimize your website on the techie side of it? Talking like speed or SEO? Yeah. So speed and SEO are like the two things people worry about the most. Once mm-hmm. once they've got the design, they're like, is my yeah. site fast? Is it going to show up at Google? And actually the speed can affect your SEO because Google looks at that Ooh. site speed. So that also can play into your SEO but it also oh, wow. affects, yeah, it also affects obviously like the user experience because we don't like slow websites. <laughs> so the first thing I say for speed is if you're on WordPress, make sure you have a really good host. Mm-hmm. Um, like Bluehost and GoDaddy are actually pretty slow. I do not recommend them. Um, I usually recommend SiteGround or Flywheel. Um, WordPress Engine is good. There's there's other good ones, but the most the two popular are actually pretty slow usually. <laughs> um, even if you don't think your site is that slow, I've had several clients who switch away from Bluehost and they're like, "Oh, okay." So my site my site actually was kind of slow. Now I notice yeah. that it's actually faster. Um, it regardless of what platform you're on, if you're not on WordPress, compressing your images is super super important. So mm-hmm. you have those nice, pretty brand photos from your photographer, and then they're like 10 megabytes. No, yes. this is going to slow <laughs> down your website so much. <laughs> um, and there are free uh, image compression tools out there. Some of them do have limits. Like they'll be like, oh, sorry, mm-hmm. our free plan, you can't upload yeah. a 10 megabyte picture. So you may have to pay for an image compression tool. Keep in mind, you can always like pay the monthly fee, use it for a month right. and then cancel it. And then, mm-hmm. you know, when you need in the future, come back to it. So like Tiny PNG uh, is a great site for image compression. Compressor.io is another common one. Um, or like I even sometimes just on my Mac, if you open up it, the picture in preview for all you Mac users, you mm-hmm. can export and then decrease the file size. And that will help you compress that. So that's an easy way. There might be something similar on PCs. I don't know. I'm not a PC user. I'm sorry. (laughs) But, um, but that's, that's the, the images are like one of the biggest things that slow down websites. Um, You also have to think about any third party integrations or um, if you're on WordPress, again, any plugins you're using, those can always slow down your site as well. Now, it's not just like, I'm not saying don't integrate anything, don't use plugins, (laughs) but Mm -hmm. be cautious about how many you are using. 
So like I was mm -hmm. auditing a client's site recently and she was saying like, my site's really slow. Like, you know, can we look at that? And uh, she was using like deadline funnel, which is like this third party mm -hmm. platform that uses tripwires and countdowns and all this kind of stuff. She had something that was Facebook for WordPress. So it was doing something for that. Mm -hmm. um, and then there was another something I can't remember. So it's all these things that are running in the background because yeah. they're just these platforms that are 24 seven. So just be cautious about how many of those you are using. Um, I'm not, again, I'm not saying don't use them at all. Just mm -hmm. be aware of what you're using. Um, yeah. They definitely bog it down. <laughs> yeah. And then when it comes to SEO and optimizing your site, my like SEO is so overwhelming for people and there's so much that goes into it. Literally there are over 200 different factors that go into SEO and they're all kind of weighted differently. So, you know, some of them, it might be like, oh, you are deducted 0.25%, you know, for this like penalty. And some, it might be like minus a hundred points <laughs> you lose. Not wow. that they actually have a point system, but I'm just, you know, they, they're weighted a little differently. But when it comes to SEO, the number one thing I remind people of is just be specific. The more specific you can be, in your page titles, your product titles, your blog post titles, the better. So instead of just saying, oh, I'm a virtual assistant, like mm -hmm. and putting that in your title, put like virtual assistant for service-based business owners, virtual assistant for photographers, copywriter for dietitians, whatever it is that you are. So if you can be more specific in what services they are, who you serve, um, services you offer. And I mean, if, especially like I know a lot of VAs are very specific. They're like, oh, I'm a Kajabi VA or I'm a WordPress VA or whatever. Like use those platform names in your titles as well. Mm -hmm. um, and so this goes across all of your pages, posts, anything like that. Um, I always talk about like if, you know, blog posts, let's say you're writing a recipe or, or whatever. And it's like smoothie, breakfast smoothies. Okay. Well, there are like a million breakfast smoothie blog posts out there. So we're going to need to be a little more specific. So it might be like six protein breakfast smoothies um, for children or, mm. or women, mm -hmm. whatever. So like, you know, I've talked, I've added how many are there are I've added uh, what's in it, like protein, it's breakfast. So I'm saying it's mm -hmm. breakfast, not dessert or dinner or, you know, like whatever. Um, right. And then I'm saying who it's for as well, which is children or women or whoever you're choosing. So anytime you can do that, it's going to help because mm -hmm. people are very specific. I mean, yes, people might just be searching smoothies, but it's you're again, it's gonna be really hard to rank. <laughs> um, so those people who are searching for protein smoothies for breakfast, you will have a higher chance of showing up. Um, so the more specific you can be, the better. And then just make sure you're also um, just think about like, what do you want to show up in Google search for? When people mm -hmm. search virtual like WordPress virtual assistant you're like that's me I want to show up there in Google that's what I want to be known for great 
then you need to make Mm -hmm. sure you are obviously, like I said, putting that in your page titles, but you also want to put it on the page itself because Google loves to make sure that your site is relevant and like, you're not just saying that you're a WordPress virtual assistant, but that you actually, (laughs) that's really what you are talking about. So they want to see that you are using the words WordPress and website and assistant and virtual assistant. Like they want to see all these context clues in your content Mm -hmm. because then they're like, okay, so she's really is a WordPress assistant because it used to be, you know, five, 10 years ago that people would just be like, I'm a virtual, you know, I'm going to optimize this site for like, WordPress virtual assistant or whatever. And then you click on the site and it's like, just kidding. This is, (laughs) I'm, you know, whatever else. And like, you tried to trick them and like, you were like, oh, I just use these keywords because it was easier to rank for just get the traffic. And that was all I cared Mm -hmm. about. So Google caught on to that and they were like, okay, so they got smarter and now their algorithm can like read your site and detect Okay, are you talking about these things on your website? Because yes, I remember crazy. those days. Right? <laughs> it was <Yeah>. scary. Right, <laughs> and you're just like, this isn't what I clicked on. What is this? And yeah. or it's like, or it's WordPress fifteen times in the yeah. article. We don't. Yeah, we don't need that either. That's the. <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up because that's the other thing we don't want to spam your your pages or your blog posts with your keywords. Like, again, Google is really, really smart Mm -hmm. and you can actually be penalized for doing too many keywords. Like they catch on if you're like saying WordPress in every single sentence or, or whatever. So, and I know now people are like, okay, so I have to put it in there, but not too much. (laughs) (laughs) So just make it sound human. And then, you know, maybe like make sure in every other paragraph or so that's very arbitrary but like every other paragraph Mm -hmm. you have your keywords there um in like one of the sentences so that wordpress or you know virtual assistant or whatever it is is sporadically throughout the post Mm -hmm. because again that gives google all the context clues they need yeah i love it there's so much that goes into seo and i had a client that wanted me to help her seo the website i'm like that is a People's full-time jobs. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it is. There's no so much that goes into where it. Where to start. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I yeah. mean, one of the worst, if you want a really bad example of SEO, go to your local dentist websites. Like <laughs> they are, they always hire SEO companies and you can see like, hello, we are Atlanta Dentistry. We are in Atlanta, our dentist, and we serve people <laughs> In Atlanta. So if you're looking for a dentist in Atlanta, yes. we are Atlanta dentist. <laughs> it's like, yes. okay, so this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> um, and I don't know if other people like notice that or if I'm just hyper aware of it being a web designer, but it is very annoying. And I'm like, this is, no, don't do this. Yeah, <laughs> I have noticed that. Yeah. And we're actually in the same city. I think we're both in Atlanta area. Nice. And um I've noticed that with like the spa, you know, yes. and like you go to the oh. spa websites and it's like Atlanta spa and Atlanta <laughs> and women. And I'm just like, who wrote this? <laughs> Don't stop doing this. Stop doing this. Yeah. 
it's uh, whenever I've occasionally had people like reach out to me who were like, Hey, I'm thinking about hiring this SEO agency, not like a specific one, just they're like, I'm thinking of hiring an SEO agency. I'm like, what are your thoughts? And I'm like, <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm like, I have lots of thoughts. <laughs> That's fun. Yeah. 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 And going back to like what you said about um, getting the right host and site speed, I actually, probably last year, actually, I had Bluehost and mm -hmm. I started with Bluehost. You know, everybody pitches everybody. You Bluehost when you yeah. very first start out doing anything, right? So I was food blogging like 10, 15 years ago. So that's where I started. And I'm like, Bluehost, I'm just going to stick with it. It's been good. Um, so last year I'm frustrated because I'm editing my site and it's super slow. And I'm like, mm -hmm. what is going on? So I do a site test. It's like 12 seconds. And I'm like, Oh, um, no. Okay. So literally 10 minutes, I was like, I'm done with this. And I switched to site ground like immediately. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then I do the speed test and it's like one second. And See? it was literally, I go back in to edit what I was trying to edit because I couldn't upload the photos. It was uh -huh. being super slow. It's like, oh, we can't upload this. There's an error. And immediately changed like, you know, the blink yep. of an eye. And I was like, oh, it was my house. And then mm -hmm. that's when I go and look in and I'm like, oh yeah, find all these articles. I'm like, okay. So now I love SiteGround. I'm like, yeah. 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 I always like, if you are listening to this and you are like, well, how do I like find, I'm always like research your options. Mm -hmm. Do like a uh, Bluehost versus SiteGround or whatever. Read several ones because, and be cautious if they have affiliate links. Like if they're like, I'm an affiliate for Bluehost yeah. and I've got mm -hmm. a comparison, like, and they are just raving about it. It's like as someone who does a lot of like blog posts and YouTube videos about like tech comparisons and like choose this or that, yeah. I do usually, yes, I am an affiliate for one of them, not always, but I still try to keep it fair. Like, yeah. hey, this is a downfall of whatever platform, or this is a good thing about Bluehost. Or, you know, but still at the end mm -hmm. of the day, I would recommend, you know, whatever. So just read those blog posts and read several <laughs> so you can get a good feel of like, mm -hmm. what are people actually thinking? And is, is it just because they're an affiliate or do they truly mm -hmm. recommend it? Yeah. And how do we know if it's time to then take a look at our own website and see if it's time to either rebrand or redesign? Because I would imagine looking at, you know, most people looking at their own website, we all like our website and we mm -hmm. probably think it's great. So, <laughs> and if nobody says anything, we would go on forever, you know, unless we yes. have an outside opinion. So how do we know when it's time to make a change? So I would say like, there's no hard and fast deadline of like, okay, it's been th this many years, it's time. You have to, you have to redo it. But I would recommend if it's been like two or three years, maybe see about getting like a website audit or someone to review your website where it's not, we're not totally overhauling it, but maybe it's just, you know, get a fresh pair of eyes on it. What do you need to tweak in terms of design, copy, SEO, anything like that. But I do think most people, not everyone, but most around the four to five year mark need a totally new website yeah. or, or a big overhaul. Um, and that's because, I mean, think about where you were five years ago, <laughs> like 
you may not have been in business. You may have just started. Um, your yeah. business, your services have changed. Your offers have changed. Um, I mean, I can't think of anybody that in five years hasn't made big changes to the market they serve, or they have new offers, they have new photos, which I mean, obviously photos can be added And it. Yes, you can obviously add and hopefully have <laughs> added mm -hmm. these new pictures and new services to your site. But it, it always, after a while, it can start to feel kind of pieced together. Um, when we're like, oh, we have a new service. Let's just oh, yeah. add this. Okay, well, now I have new this product. Let me just like stick that on that page. And okay, let me just like put this over here. Like we're just trying to like, you know, fit into that. So it's kind of like when you are like, oh man, I need to move into a bigger apartment or a bigger house or whatever. Cause you're like, I'm running out of room or, <laughs> mm -hmm. okay. So we're just trying to make this work and we're trying to make this work and you know, that kind of thing. So again, two to three years, maybe get it review get an audit and around the four to five year mark you might think about okay do i need to get a whole new website doesn't necessarily mean you have to rebrand um you don't have to like go get a new logo and colors and everything like that some yeah. do but some don't um but yeah that's it's not that we are like ooh, we want to stay trendy and <laughs> look great you know like whatever um but yeah it's it's just you want to stay current and make sure your site really does have a good experience for your users. Yeah. And then what are some of the things if we're talking about rebranding? What are some of the biggest mistakes you see or that you're like, oh, that's kind of cringy. You hate seeing <laughs> on, on websites. Um, the biggest thing is being super trendy. Um, I remember like five or six years ago. Um, I was in a group of like creative professionals and it was like designers, calligraphers, photographers, and all of the photographers were using like these very similar script fonts um, mm -hmm. and they were everywhere. And then there was, I'm sure you remember like rose gold when rose gold was everywhere, uh -huh. um, not just in websites and branding, but then like the iPhone was rose gold and yeah. <laughs> all that. So uh, don't hop too far into trends. Mm -hmm. um, like, yes, there's something for, there's something to be said about looking current, but we don't need to look trendy because then yes, in two to three years, yeah, you're going, people are going to look at your logo and be like, your logo was designed in 2017 <laughs> when that thing, when whatever it is was trendy and we can tell. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. um, so that's the first thing. The second thing is your logo does not have to have an image of like whatever it is that you do. Again, photographers, not to pick on photographers, but mm -hmm. they love to have like a camera or yeah. a lens in their logo. And I'm like, McDonald's does not have a hamburger in their logo, guys. <laughs> um, so don't feel like you have, yeah, sometimes it fits and sometimes mm -hmm. it's not cliche. Like, uh, you know, maybe you're a book editor and you have some books in your, in your logo and it doesn't look cliche. Great. I think when it's forced, that's when it, when you're like, oh, I'm going to replace this letter with you know, this picture, the lens or the books are going to make 
the the I or the L in my name or something like <laughs> we don't need to force it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, those are like the two things. Don't be trendy and don't feel like you have to put like a a picture of whatever it is that you do in your logo, especially for us online business owners, like as a web designer, like what am I going to put like a laptop in my yeah, my logo? <laughs> like, no, I'm not. So um, if it works, if it doesn't look cringy, then, then go for it. But don't feel like, oh man, I have to, I have to give these context clues for like what it is I do in my logo. <laughs> and there's still some fonts that I, when I land on websites, I'm like, oh, oh my gosh. That font. I mm-hmm. hate it. Lobster. And you know exactly what font it is. And you're yes. like, oh, that's salsify or whatever. And you're just mm-hmm. like. <laughs> yeah. Lobster you. is one of the ones that I, oh, my I, goodness. I still see every once in a while. I think it's kind of faded mm-hmm. out, but it's one that I'm, when I see it, I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Please stop yeah. using that font. Yeah. But yeah. It. All right. And then how do you, um, as far as inquiry forms on a website, like I know I have contact pages and schedule. How do you use inquiry forms on your website? Like to the best of how you can use them? Yeah. So inquiry forms are literally like my favorite ways to tell clients to like, it's like, this is what you should really like focus on, on your, not the only thing, but I'm like, please put some effort into this. It will be a huge time saver for both you and your clients. Um, and so most people, I feel like just have a very basic contact form, name, email, message. They might say like, oh, mm-hmm. like, please check the box of what service you're interested in. And that's it. Well, that doesn't give you, typically doesn't give you enough information of that potential client. So then you have to be like, hi, Jessica, thanks so much for reaching out about my VA services. Can you tell me more about like what you're wanting and what type of business you are and what's your budget? And like, then you have to go back and forth or, or obviously you could also get on a call that, that too. But I have been using my inquiry form. I've, I don't even know for like seven years now (laughs) and I've tweaked it along the way, but it helps me so much because I can literally tell at a glance of this, you know, I get the email that's like, Hey, you have a new inquiry and I can see right away. Mm -hmm. Okay. Amy is a photographer. She's looking for this kind of help. This is her deadline. This is her budget, like whatever. Good. I think I can help her. Or it's like, Hey, Jim Bob from the auto parts store somehow found your website and (laughs) wants a new website, but only has $75. Okay. Sorry, Jim. I don't think I can help you. Best wishes. Like I literally, I can send those types of emails. Very nice. Like, Mm -hmm. Hey, I don't think we're a good fit. Um, You know, and I usually say like, based on your timeline or your needs or your budget or whatever. And then I don't have to waste 17 back and forth emails or hopping on a 30 minute call just to be like, Oh, sorry. Mm -hmm. Actually, I don't think we're a good fit. Yeah. So um, I usually say keep it under, under or around like eight questions. Like that Mm -hmm. usually feels like a good amount of questions because we don't need the full picture. 
of like, I'm not asking in my inquiry form, I'm not like, please list the functionalities that you want in your website. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's, you know, I'm getting an idea of like what their business is, why they want a website, that kind of stuff. And usually they will say like, oh, I want to sell products or I just need to list my services or like I've rebranded, I need a new website. So then I can say like, oh, great. Like, yes, I can help you set up a shop or great. I can implement your branding. That's totally fine. Um, So it not only helps me get a good picture of who I might be helping, but I can also potentially answer more questions when they're like, hey, I, you know, I've done, I'm wondering about this or I've rebranded. I can kind of reassure them like, great, like, I'm not going to change your branding again. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not here to change your branding if you just got it done. So I can just implement those colors and fonts, add your logo, obviously. And then we're smooth sailing. So then they don't even have to ask the, me that question because mm-hmm. I've already answered them up front. Yeah. That's so good. That yeah. definitely would eliminate a lot of, you know, just enter your name, phone number, uh-huh. email, and, you know, and because if you just get a box of tell me what you want, you'll never uh-huh. really get all the answers. No, right? no, you won't. So I, yeah, all the main contact on my website is my inquiry form. I do have oh, a contact awesome. form mm-hmm. that's like linked in my footer, but like when you open it, it says like, this is not the form to fill out. If you want to work with me, if you fill this out, I'm not oh. going to reply to you. <laughs> like, and I do, I'm like, cause if you can't follow basic instructions that say, this is not the form yeah. to fill out. If you want to work with me, then I'm like, we're, we're already not a good fit. Oh, um, that's amazing. Yeah. So use that inquiry form. Um, and even if you have different services, like I know some people have like, Oh, one-to-one consulting, a three month package, and then like a group program, you can have slightly different questions for each service or offer. So just think about like, what is the bare minimum of like information I need that would help me see if this person is a good fit or not. Mm -hmm. Um, And I will say, yes, there are times that I get an, an inquiry and I'm like, okay, well, they didn't put a ton of information here. So I'm like, they might be a good fit. They might not like, so sometimes I'm like, Hey, can you tell me a little bit more? Cause you were super short in your answers, yeah. but like 99% of the time I get a really good picture of like, okay, perfect. This is a business I can help. I think, you know, I can ask, clarify this kind of information, but overall it looks like we would be a good fit to work together. Awesome. So just let us know what your favorite apps and tools are that you are working with right now. Um, Honestly, I think one of my favorites is HoneyBook. And that's what I use for my contracts, invoices, questionnaires, um, all that. Like it's the whole like client portal basically. And it is a huge time saver because literally that's where the inquiry forms come in. So it's Mm -hmm. like, okay, Angela filled out my inquiry form. We talked, she's going to hire me. I can like go to her little tab and then send the, send the contract. And then I have like a whole onboarding sequence of emails. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, okay, schedule your call. Here's the questionnaire. So I literally click like one button and then she gets all the communication. 
and I don't have to do any of it. <laughs> so that's, I like when I think about when I used to not have HoneyBook and I used to do it all by hand and I'd be like, okay, here's the contract and invoice. And then I'd be like, oh crap, I got to send Angela my, my yeah. questionnaire. And I, oh, I, we should have scheduled our call last week. <laughs> um, I don't have to worry about that anymore. So um, that's one of my favorites. And then I also really love Social Bee which is a social media scheduler um, and it repurposes, like reschedules your content. So I really only use it for like Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn. Um, but it just, like I have this library of content and it's like, okay, mm -hmm. we're gonna like send out these posts. Okay, we've gone through all 500 or however many there are. <laughs> okay, well now we're gonna like restart. So like my blogs and yeah. my videos keep being pushed out on social media. Um, and so I still have like a presence there without having to actually be spend, there. like be there and spend a lot of time. Um, because really like Instagram and YouTube are like my main content platforms that I use. Yeah. So I'm like, I really want to spend my energy there, but at least having a presence on these other platforms, I think is important. Um, just in case someone happens to find me, like last week, somebody tagged, not me, but my business page in a Facebook group, someone was asking for a web designer. And I was like, I don't even know who you are. <laughs> like, thank you for tagging me. Um, but I was like, I mean, she at least she knew my business name. And so she just mm -hmm. tagged my business page instead right. of me. And so I was like, yeah, I'm not super active over there. I checked mm -hmm. the messages, the inbox or whatever, but I'm not, you know, overly active on it. So those, those two, two tools save me a ton of time in my business. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I want to point out that those two that you mentioned, they are, they allow you to automate a yes. whole lot of stuff, um, saving you time. So how long do you think it took you to set up your like honey book and, you know, get all your things in social day? Cause I think that's um, probably the biggest thing that people are like, when they start to automate, it's like, Oh, but all the upfront stuff, it's going to mm -hmm. take me so much time. You yeah. <laughs> um, I would say like maybe a day for each. Mm -hmm. um, Social B probably took a little bit. It probably took a few days because I was using another scheduler and I had to like move it all over manually. Yeah. And there wasn't a, like, there wasn't like an export option. Nice. <laughs> so wow. it was like, okay, I'm just going to sit here and copy paste like all day. But, um, but yeah, and I don't know if it took like a full day for HoneyBook, but um, yeah, it was, it was a nice and easy setup. And then I've just kind of added things the more I've used know. it. Mm -hmm. So like my email sequence wasn't as long, mm -hmm. like when I started as it is now. Um, now I have multiple questionnaires because I'm like, oh, like I could use this questionnaire if we're only doing X, Y, Z and I can use this questionnaire, whatever. But when I first started, it was like, here's my questionnaire. <laughs> here's my one contract. Um, and here's, you know, like these other, you know, three emails they get or whatever. So don't feel like you have to like have a full email sequence or everything figured out. Mm. Um, you can kind of start with the bare, the bare basics with whatever you're using. Cool. Thanks. That's a good tip yeah. because everybody's always like thinking that they can't move forward until mm. they have everything in place. And yeah. I think, you know, they get held back 
and they put things mm-hmm. off and procrastinate and then they never end up doing it. So yeah. Yeah. And like, I know people who use like HoneyBook or Dubsado or whatever, and they um, like, I can think of one person, one friend that she uses HoneyBook for like the invoices and whatnot, but she hasn't like moved over her questionnaires. She doesn't have like an, like an email sequence that she uses. Like she yeah. just, that's not part of her process, mm-hmm. but she just really uses it for contracts and invoices. Um, and so it's like, yeah, she should move over the questionnaires. <laughs> but for right now, like, okay, like at least I have the, you know, the invoices are automated and that takes something off your plate. Mm-hmm. And then hopefully eventually she'll move over the other things and can set up some more automations there. Yeah. All yeah. right. Lastly, we have covered so much. So yeah. <laughs> if, if somebody was looking to optimize their website and get started this week, what is your one action step for them? I would say go read the headlines on your website. And are they clear? Like mm-hmm. have someone else read them, whether like someone who doesn't go to your website a lot, whether that's like people on your Instagram or like business friends, your partner, a friend, like someone who doesn't go to your website a ton and super familiar with your business Mm -hmm. um, and see, like, just tell them like, read this really quick. Not the whole page, just this part. Does it make sense? Do you understand (laughs) what I do and see what they say? Good. Thanks. So just if um, our listeners want to connect with you, where is the best place that they can reach out? Yeah. So of course my website is justcreatives.com. And like I said, I'm super active on Instagram. So at justcreatives over there. Thank you so much. Um, if you are watching the video, you can see Just Creatives and at Just Creatives on the screen right now. Otherwise I will drop those in the show notes for anyone else that's watching. And Thank you so much, Jess, for joining me on the show today. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. All right. That's all we have for today. I'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to Coffee Powered Systems. You can find links to everything mentioned in the episode down in the show notes or on the website at MirandaMerton.com. If you enjoyed this episode, rate and review it in iTunes or where you enjoy listening so others can find it too. And join me here next time.